for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com All right, welcome back to the fall podcast. Today we're at uh, ATA Day 2, and I'm in the America's Best Bowstrings and the Helix Broadheads booth podcasting for the next two days. Um, and I've got Jerry Mullet, the owner of ABB and Helix, and I've got Bryant Lyon, the marketing director, right? That's you, right. That's yeah, me. There it is. Um, thank Vice. you guys for letting me come down here and do this. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. Hopefully I can bring some more people into the booth for, for you. Yeah. You're a celebrity, dude. No, no, no. Celebrity. <laughs> no. They'll be coming. I mean, there was already a guy out here talking to you about some of your hunts, so. Yeah, well. You know, blind squirrel finds a nut every every once in a while. So, but I want to talk about this guy here, the new FJ4. Um, this thing has been ridiculous for me, mm-hmm. ridiculously good. And I want to pick Jerry's brain a little bit on you know the new design and why you decided to come up with some bleeders and a four blade and and I guess what questions you're trying to answer with that and where you're trying to go with it. Well, I think the biggest thing, we've we just had a lot of people that were asking for a four-blade or more blades. Yep. Um, you know, blood loss or the, the lack of blood on the ground is a concern for a lot of people with the two-blade. And that was why the project got started. Yep. And so, I mean, literally it was just, you know, nearly a year of working on how big the bleeders, uh, where they're located, you know, all of the, the things about the bleeder blade so we don't mess up the trajectory or the aerodynamics sure. of the broadhead. And, you know, we ended up with a package um, or with a bleeder system that gives us a two-inch, over two-inch cutting surface, total cutting surface on all the broadhead sizes, starting, I think, with the uh, 100 is two and a sixteenth. Okay. And up to two and a quarter. So it just, that was really what it, why we started the project to, to turn yep. it into a four blade. And I... I mean, like yesterday, I mean, the, the booth was jumping and we wrote a lot of orders and, you know, the response to the broadhead has been spectacular. Yeah. Now, my whole thing, I never had an issue at all with the two blade. I really like the two blade. <laughs> Same. I've not had an issue with it. But uh, You know, you, you, you talk about the blood trail and I think that's one thing that I've got a lot of questions 
ask to me is like how's the blood with him because you know i think the standard in my opinion out there is like the mechanical blood trail it's like the paint can it's like everybody mm-hmm. knows that and i'm mm-hmm. like i haven't had a deer go over 55 yards with these things mm-hmm. in two years and i'm like i shot one this year through both shoulder blades and it never had an, it looks just like this mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i'm like mother of mary like i just i i don't know i found a product for life to be honest with you and i guess it just comes down to like what what do you value in in trying to word this out what do you value a blood trail or you know maybe hardly any blood in a 50 yard track job like what honestly i would prefer that i I want a quick humane kill exactly and the faster you can kill that animal um a that's what we're looking for and b if they run i mean i had a couple deer that literally ran 20 yards really i just shot a buck in oklahoma this fall that went barely 50 feet really uh i mean he just he didn't know what happened and i think that's the one advantage that you get with a broadhead like this where you you have a a very very slender cut on contact Mm -hmm. tip um this takes very little pressure to enter the hide or the animal if you have a a big heavy feral coming all the way up to the top and you, you know a conical tip or whatever or any kind of a mechanical it takes a lot more energy to open that broadhead as it impacts the animal and they feel that mm-hmm. with the, the helix they don't yeah i mean they may feel it but it ha- i mean you've shot a lot of deer with them i have uh, and you hear this story all the time i hear the stories all the time you know they don't they just don't know what hit them exactly and you know it happens so fast it's through them like you know in a millisecond yeah, and they're running out, and they're like, "Oh, what was that?" And then, boom, tip exactly. Over. And, and, that, and if that happens, I don't care if you've got a gallon <laughs> of blood on the ground or two drops. I'm, I'm looking at my deer who dropped right there. That's so. where I'm at with it. And but you do get a lot of those guys. It's like, and then you get into the fact of, okay, well, if I hit a deer center mass, and it's like I want a little bit of extra cut to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it might get the liver or a lung or something. And I'm like, I get it. It's all shot placement. But my thing with this is, is I have I have ultra confidence in what I can take whatever shot I want to take uh-huh. with my setup. Uh-huh. And that's and I you know playing the video of my Ohio deer last year full frontal. I had no question in my mind I was taking that shot and I'll do it again. I'll do it 100 times over. Uh-huh. You know, and that deer ran 54 yards and he bled so much. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. I I think it's, you know, shot placement is key. It really truly is. Um, and with a two blade, I mean, depending on, I believe that depending on how your deer or the, or the elk or whatever you're hunting, however that animal is positioned, um, may make a difference on what happens to that exit and entrance after the arrow passes through, yeah. depending on how they're standing, if they're turned and then they run off and, you know, let's say the animals turn hard to the right, they've kind of got the, their left side stretched tight, so to speak. Right. And that arrow enters through them. Now they turn and they run away. That, that does have a tendency to close up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they happen to run 100 yards and out of sight, you know, then you need blood on the ground. You need sure. something to, you know. And I've shot many deer with the two blades, and I've had good blood. No yeah. problems. Um, the four blade has definitely helped. I agree. Uh, and I shot the, the prototype this year, so the, the heads I had were only like an eighth inch mm-hmm. for the bleeder. Now mm-hmm. these, I think, are a quarter. Is that right? They're, I think they might be five-sixteenths. Five-sixteenths. Okay. In, but I shot the smaller bleeder both my bucks and the second one i shot was unbelievable the blood was just everywhere it was mm-hmm. almost like kind of too gory mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way but and then you know the the buck you shot this year in yep. ohio yep when i was looking at that footage i'm like holy shit yeah that yeah. is all and you had bone 
fragments in there too. Two bone fragments on that blood trail, and that was a that was a single lung hit. You know the way he walked in, himself filming. I thought I could enter right in front of the left hip and come out on the right front shoulder. While he was turned enough, I didn't see that. It didn't register with me. I saw it after I watched the mm -hmm. footage back. But um, you know that arrow entered in front of the left hip, and it actually broke the left front leg, and I only got one lung. Okay. I watched him fall, and I thought he was dead. And I'm you know on camera. Call, yeah, I remember seeing. I that. watched him fall, calling people, talking to people, texting people, and then I hear something, and I thought it was another deer coming downwind and then running away. Well, it was him getting back up and and continuing. So that blood trail was 300 yards, but one lung hit, and a dead deer, and, and a, a blood, blood a blood trail that was insane. <laughs> yes. I don't think I knew how much There's blood video was to prove I saw it. that footage. Yeah. There's video to prove it because yeah. I'm, I'm as I'm like looking at the video, I'm like. And then something's not adding up here, like, and you're just you're literally just walking through the woods with a light, and it's like just blood, blood, blood mm -hmm. everywhere. I was. I remember on that blood trail talking to the other guys. I'm like, you know, what is up with this deer? Like, where where did I hit him? Did I? I mean, I watched the footage, and sure. I'm like, I thought I'd made a great shot on him. Well, it just happens to be it was just one. I thought I'd cut over and got that opposite right leg, and mm -hmm. I hadn't. But you know, dead deer. But that honestly, that blood trail on that particular animal was the best blood trail I have ever had on any critter I've killed anywhere. With any head With or any broadhead. Yep. Yeah, that's saying something. And, like, it's just the confidence. I'm going to go back to the confidence we talked in. It's Brian, huge. you and I have been talking about confidence. Like, last year, I, I kind of went out on a limb. Like, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a mechanical guy for a long time. I and remember. I'm like, man, I, I, but I was never getting pass-throughs. You know, mm -hmm. we were talking about, I was mm -hmm. never getting two holes, mm -hmm. you know. And then... Uh, and my setup's not that big, 470 total grains and shooting a 28-inch draw, and I'm getting – the only deer I didn't the – only, the only arrow I didn't pick up out of the ground was my full frontal, and it still got two holes through the whole chest cavity, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, and the accuracy, that's yeah. another thing. This broadhead, this FJ4, in my opinion, is, is day and night different better accuracy than the two blade i feel the same way and, and it's all I, it, it's it's just like it seems that way i it, mean it's just like a dart the two it, blades hit where the field points hit yeah they fly great mm -hmm. uh, the four blade i'm with you i'm shooting him and I'm like because i was peeling fletch at you know 70 75 yards mm -hmm. and you talk about confidence in a shot you got it that, and, and that lethal. was the mm -hmm. <laughs> that was the that was the thing that i was the most skeptical about before we bought this company really when i looked at accuracy? the bro yes i looked at those broadheads and i thought man this is not the 1800s, because when, when, I'm a whitetail guy. Sure. And I grew up hunting whitetails. I grew up shooting, uh, you know, cut on contact broadheads. But I've also shot a lot of animals with a mechanical. And you just have that that I don't know what you call it, but you just have that mindset about what a broadhead should look like or yep. what they. And I remember looking at those, and I was kind of skeptical about it. And I remember shooting them, and that was a thing that I was like, wow, these things fly. They I shot really, these up really to do. 80 yards. And I was ruining arrows, and I called Brian, and I'm like, you're going to buy me new arrows. <laughs> and he's like, stop shooting the same dot. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm a dot guy, though. I don't want to just start scattering like arrows. like to group them. Yeah, putting the groups together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push a question to you, Brian. I mean, you, you answer a lot of phones and talk to a lot of people. What is some of the questions that you're getting in the feedback on these FJ4s? I mean, I know they haven't been out in the general public very long this year, but I know you do. I was shooting them. I know you had some other guys shooting them. Like, what's the general feedback on them? I mean, the biggest general feedback is the biggest question, it goes to the blood. It's just really been all about the blood. We got people that were coming on board, getting the Helix, trying it out with the two-blade. 
Um, and there was just that little bit that we were missing when it came to the blood trail. I think you were either getting a really good blood trail with the two yeah. blade or sometimes you were just not getting that well of a blood trail. You go to the four blade, it's just been a very consistent, I've got blood. I've got good blood to follow. This is an amazing head. It's, you know, and these are people that shot the two blade going to the four blade and they, it's there. This is way more consistent. Yeah. Um, I think everybody that I know that has used this head and, and was able to put it on an animal, they got a full pass through and they got plenty of blood. Uh, the one thing that I liked, you know, I think this broadhead, and I know I mentioned it before with you, is this broadhead helps you to become a better archer too. Mm -hmm. It gets you ready for hunting season because when you're shooting these things, this the margin for error is a little bit less. Like it's not a, a mechanical where you can hit a little bit back and you're still going to have a three inch cut and you want to be better you want to have an ethical kill like jerry was talking about having an ethical kill and with this the way that this is set up it's when you look at it like he said it's not the 1800s but there's people were using these for the longest time and yeah. they worked and it's still working and it it doesn't have to have fancy doodads and clips and rubber bands and mm -hmm. it just kills it does its job it's just like a super utility uh you know it's like throwing a knife at something yeah i look at it as like you know, it's just a, a guy that's going to show up to work on time every day, and, you're, you know, you can count on him every day. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter, mm -hmm. you know. I do have a question for, okay, because it's, it's a single bevel. And, Jerry, you and I were talking about this in the past. Like, how much rotation are you getting in about 18 inches of a chest cavity when it goes through? So, like, my question to you is, does the bleeders affect that rotation at all? Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. And that was one of the reasons, or one of the big things we were worried about and, and we worked on is the placement, the angles and everything, so okay. that we, A, didn't mess up that rotation or the aerodynamics. Okay. Because this broadhead is working with the vein to help steer the arrow. Yep. So the optimal setup is to have a one to one and a half degree right offset three fletch with this broadhead. And then the two are working in tandem to steer that arrow, which goes back to what we were talking about with arrow flight, mm -hmm. um, why they're so accurate. Uh, and then B, it just helps with that rotation, making sure yeah. that you're still, it's still pulling that, that circular rotation through the animal. Yep. And it's mean. And these, these little bleeders are, are sharp. Yeah. Right? Yep. We improved. <laughs> I think we definitely went this, coming into this, we have improved the sharpness out of the definitely. box. And I attribute that to the team that's working back there mm -hmm. and making sure they, they took mm -hmm. it as a challenge when we were having some issue at the very beginning with some of these things not being as sharp as they could have been. Mm -hmm. Yep. They took it as a challenge to go, we're not going to deal with that anymore. Yep. Yeah. I know on the sharpness tester, um, you know, we're looking to make sure that we're under. We originally had said, "Hey, let's get them under 200," because we were struggling to get get them under 300. Can you explain that a little bit? What is the 200 or 300? So number? there's a there's a sharpness tester. I forget the name of it, but basically, it, you can it has a little, I don't know, string on the top, and it it measures the pressure that okay. it takes for a, an item to break that string. It's a standard among any sharpness testing. So you take like a razor blade is typically around 175. Okay. And so, so that's really sharp. That's I'm really guessing. really sharp. Okay. Um, the record that we have today with the Helix is 124. Holy, t like crap. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I had said, let's get them under 200 on the sharpness tester. Like on an average. like oh, Yeah. Like, well, not really on average, but like we just want the broadheads Everyone, okay, to, yep, to be yep, under that. And, yep. and we'll periodically test every day. Every day as they're putting broadheads together, sharpening, they're periodically testing to make sure that, hey, we're, yep, we're there, we're there, we're there, we're there. Yep. And their goal is is now we want them at 150. Good for them. Yeah. So yeah, they're raising like the bar. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, that, that really ultra-sharp broadhead really helps you. Yeah. And it is more difficult to get a really, really sharp broadhead on a heavy blade 
single bevel. Mm -hmm. A double bevel is a lot easier to get really razor sharp. Okay. So it's a challenge to get these things to that sharpness. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, that's awesome! Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Let's talk about sharpness a little bit because you guys have a couple different sharpeners. Now, w without doing a demonstration, because I know you guys got videos on YouTube and everything and how to do it, but <clears throat> what are some things to keep in mind if somebody's trying to sharpen these at home? Like what are some maybe mistakes guys are making and they're like, oh, they're not getting sharp enough or I don't feel that they're sharp because sometimes I'll, I'll sharpen them and I'm like, man, I don't feel like they're sharp. And then I go to a piece of paper and it's just like, yes. and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I got to be careful. That's the single bevel. Okay. The single bevel sometimes feel is, like it doesn't sharp. feel like it's as sharp as it actually is. Okay. Um, I mean, using our product, you can get these things like stupid sharp. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, I mean, the paper test is a great test. Yeah. Because if you can do that little sideways cut through paper and you just get a clean, clean cut, you, you got a really sharp broadhead. That's what I go off. If I can take a piece of paper and just go like this, yep. and if the paper folds over, I got to keep going a little or bit. Or if it's it. a, just got a jagged rip. Yep. You know, yep. but if it's just a razor sharp tear, yep. that's where you want to no. be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And to piggyback on that a little bit, we brought out a new sharp. We redesigned our HX Pro sharpener that we had previously. So, the HX Pro, we brought out what's called the pocket sharpener. It's okay. just this little, I mean, it's a little sharpener. It's a drag pull through. through style, pull through, that you can, you just get that through real quick, bring that burr back, get it sharpened up. But then where the HX Pro came in is that you could put it, clamp it into the little, uh, the little mold there, and you could just use your dowel rods with the grit tape, and you could just get it a good razor edge. Now that HX Pro sharpener, it takes a little more time. It's not. It's not something you're going to be able to just throw on there, and in ten seconds you're going to have a super razor. Yeah, edge. you. I, that's one thing I did realize. You. You're going to spend. I spent twenty twenty five minutes at least out of mm -hmm. one head. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have know? some time when it comes to that HX to give you a real fine edge. But we took the 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 uh, the guides from the, the the pocket sharpener, and we put them. We integrated them into the HX Pro sharpener. So now you have a true pro sharpener where you have both of those products in one okay. to give you an all all purpose sharpening for the for the helix yeah how how important this might be a dumb question but i got to ask it how important is a sharp broadhead for better blood Oh, I think it's ultra important. And it goes right back. I wasn't wanted to say this. Um, I took my daughter out this year for the first time, her first ever whitetail hunt. She was using the crossbow, um, and we were sitting in a box blind. And so I took her arrows, and I had a, a pro sharpener with me. And I was sitting in the blind. And we were just visiting and, you know, watching a food plot, waiting on deer, and, you know, hoping we see something. And she ended up killing a nice buck that night. We ended up seeing, like, six different bucks. It was an awesome hunt. But the point I wanted to make is I was sitting there. We got an early grabbed my sharpener, grabbed her arrows, and I'm just sitting there just honing up that broadhead. Nothing better to do. Right. And so you just take, you know, 10, 15 minutes, and I was honing every one of her broadheads. They were sharp, but I was just spending the time to just go over them. And this was just with a standard two-blade, and she shot that buck, and he barely ran 60 yards. Really? And there was incredible blood Yep. with just a standard two-blade. Yep. So I think 
the sharpness is ultra critical. Having a razor sharp broadhead is super important. If you cut yourself with a piece of paper, like a paper cut, or a, a razor blade, if you nick yourself while shaving, you're like, good grief, stop bleeding. What do I have to do? <laughs> I know. And, yeah. and it's the same way for the broadhead. It's okay. the exact same way. Yeah. I, I firmly believe that. I mean, the, the proof is, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it. Well, and I'm almost wondering if, like, some people that may be shooting these and they're like, man, I didn't get, didn't get that much blood loss. Like, well, how sharp is your head? Yes. Like, have you shot it into a target? If you have, yeah, please, sharpen please, it right please back up. sharpen it back up. I do Absolutely. all the time. And that's like, it gets to the point too, where now I'll just have like a couple heads that are just practice heads mm-hmm. and I'll shoot those in the target. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm the freak. That's like, I'll take all my broadheads and I'll weigh them out. And I'm like, okay, this one marries to that one. And they're not off by much. And it really, to me, it doesn't make a grain, possibly two grains to me, doesn't make a big difference. You, you can't tell that. No. You can't tell that. At I all. mean, you could you can be one or two grains. Um, Levi Morgan might be able to tell that at, you know, 50, 60 yards. Yeah. That, hey, one arrow is two grains. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one arrow is two grains heavy. I'd yeah. have to ask him. I'm not sure what he would say. I would assume that, that he would even say that one to two grains, I'm barely going to see it. Yeah. Our goal is to have them all within one grain. Mm-hmm. Yep. You want them identical. That's very cool. So, last thing I want to get into, where can people buy them? How much are they going to be? And talk about the single packs, too, because I think this is a really cool idea, what you guys are doing mm-hmm. with the single packs. Well, the single pack just gives someone an option to say, I want to try one. Mm-hmm. I want to just try one, see what it is. Or I've, you know, I've shot six animals and, you know, I've got an issue or whatever. I just want to add another broadhead to my mix. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's the reason behind the single the single pack. Yeah. Um, you know, we're selling them on our website, helixbroadheads.com, and obviously a ton of dealers are buying these things. And so, you know, look at your local pro shop and see if they've got them. If they don't, ask yep. for and them. What's and what's cool is a lot of people are coming by here, like dealers that we don't have. You know, we I mean, from the ABB side of things, we have a lot of dealers. When we brought Helix on, we had some dealers that carried over from that. Mm-hmm. What we're finding here at this show right now is people are hearing about this this four blade, this FJ4, and they're seeking us out. They want to get that head awesome. in their store. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. be sure, yeah, check your local pro shops. Um, but if they're not carrying it, go in and ask them. Say, hey, I'm interested in Helix. Yep. You guys carry them. Uh, you know, that helps us out, and, and we want to get into stores. We want to get this product out there. So, uh, But, yeah, helixbroadheads.com is always the fallback. If, if your dealer doesn't carry them, you can always go to helixbroadheads.com, and you can pick yourself up a pack there. I do want to say that right now we are doing, it's kind of almost like a pre-order on the FJ4s. You can get the single packs for the most part, uh, but at the three packs right now, we're probably looking end of the month, if not probably about the beginning of February, we'll be able to start rolling those out. So you can still order them, place your order, as soon as everything comes in, we'll get it right out to you. Cool, awesome. And you talked about pricing. Uh, the the four, and this is one of the people or one of the things that people that were using the Helix before recall that the hundreds, one twenty fives, and one fifties used to be less expensive than the one seventy five, two hundred, two twenty five. So with the investment we made in more equipment, doing everything in house, and just being a lot more efficient and effective, um, we brought that cost down. So now the two blade. 100 all the way up to 225 is the same price. Awesome. The FJ4, 100 to 225 grains is all the same price. Um, to the uh, FJ2, three-pack sells for 65 bucks, and the four-blade sells for 75 bucks. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys and very much. I want to add something, too. Yeah. Just this is a, a, when you think about broadheads, some, some people look at that and go, well, I can buy a pack of you know, XYZ or whatever for 40 bucks. You're not going to throw this broadhead away. No. No, you're gonna sh- be, you'll be giving this to your kids. Exactly. Your kids <laughs> It'll last you a long time. I, I, I look at this head as like my dad. 
My dad used to shoot Zawikis, Zawiki broadheads yep. forever, yep. and still has dozens of Zawikis. I still mm-hmm. have them, and I, I have them as like a keepsake now. But I remember him getting the file out and filing them and yep. getting them sharp when I was a kid. And when I started hunting, that's what I hunted with is Zawikis, like 175s, these big old, yep. you know, giant green heads. Yep. Some of them had bleeders, some of them didn't. And I shot a lot of deer with those. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So. No, they, they last, man. They're, they're, our, they're a tried concept. I mean, yeah. it's been around forever. When, yeah. I, when I think, when I hear that, and, I'm, and, you know, the deer I've killed with mine, you know, they're like, two, they should be $200 a pack because they're going to last you for 10 to 20 years. <laughs> I know. It. Yeah. Well, thank you guys very much, Jerry. I appreciate it. You betcha. Thank you. Bryant, thank you, buddy. Maybe. Thanks yep. for having us on, man. Appreciate it. Glad yes, you're here. thank you. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.